Up, up, and oh, he's flat. Hard G. Don't worry, the photos are safe. Android's got bubbles. Dropbox quits the cloud. MS Engineer makes bank. And it's all gas, no breaks, on tonight's Iron Sysadmin Podcast, episode 75. everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Iron Sizzabin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by the One Coast co-host who has stuck with me through this entire show since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you deserve some kind of a medal or something. Huzzah. Okay. Oh, uh, do I get it in the mail or can I put it up on the wall? Maybe maybe I should give you this the spiky coin that I got at, uh, at DerbyCon, which I still carry around. You deserve it. Oh, I have one of those. <laughs> And uh, tonight we've got two guests, um, both of them from the Red Hat Accelerators team within Red Hat. Well, I guess one of them is just sort of associated with the Red Hat Accelerators team, and the other is, is flat out involved. Uh, we've got Andy and we've got Uncle Mark. So, I don't know, you two, Andy, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little so bit? You it, it, it's like the chicken and the pig for, a, for a ham and eggs breakfast. I'm the chicken. I'm involved. Andy's... The big, she's committed. I don't, man. I don't, already went there. I don't oh think gosh. we want to get human resources involved this early in the show. No, no I don't think so. Either. Usually we reserve that for the second hour. Okay. Oh, right. uh, we're, we're powering through and starting early. Overachiever. Uh, okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> We were just talking about Twitter. So, like, the Twitter version of who Andy is is uh, I'm a blogger, so I'm a storyteller. I like to travel, food-obsessed, all-around nice girl. Uh, my day job, however, is to run the customer advocacy program at Red Hat, which is called the Red Hat Accelerators. But I've been doing this for a while, 25 years of kind of customer programs here and there, website, e-commerce. And uh, basically, my role at Red Hat is kind of like my dream job now. It kind of touches all the experiences that I've built on over the millions of years that I've been doing this. And I'm 1,000% lucky to work with these guys every day at Red Hat. We have amazing customers. Uh, I like working with in the tech space with geeky, nerdy folks. And uh, I did bump my head and work in finance for about three years, but I pivoted and it's back to tech. But I am a marketer, so I'm kind of a little different breed that you guys are usually have as a guest. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep the buzzwords to a minimum. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Over Good to you, call. Mark. <laughs> so I'm Mark Richter, a.k.a. Uncle Mark, and now I'm out of beer, which is a tragedy. Well, okay. no, there's more upstairs. But, I brought extra. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, we can't send would beer you, over TCP IP. Would you like a Guinness? Uh, uh, I can't beer reach over, it. Beer over IP? Isn't there an so, RC for that? It, there should be. There should be. Oh, I you bet. Just, you, to, you can send the beer over Carrier Pigeon. I was just going to say that. We could send the beer via Carrier Pigeon. Thus, that would work for the two of you. I don't know about you and Mark. Though. Well, it'll just take a little longer. Carrier pigeons can go a long way. Don't they go all the way from like but how, but Massachusetts how can, down to Florida or something? How can it carry it? 
<laughs> and it's probably a question of weight ratios at that point. Since when did Is we, it an African or a European swallow? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're still doing my introduction. That uh, seems which, that way. <laughs> which is now totally pigeonholed. Get it? Eh. Uh. Oh, and Chuck is watching, he says. Chuck Marshall. Hey, buddy. So um, anyway, I'm a technical account manager. Oh, sorry. A principal technical account manager at Red Hat. I've been there. Yeah, I, a little. Well, I, I'm fooling somebody. Uh, anyway, I've been at the Hat since 2015. Uh, prior to that, I was a Linux engineer and administrator and did all that stuff at Merck uh, for about mm, a decade or so. And I have actually been a, a nerd. Uh, you can probably see it on the video. There's my the Apple II that my dad's best friend bought many, many years ago. That's the machine I actually learned on. But I, I've always been uh, a professional nerd in some way, shape, or form, which is kind of cool. Um, so at Red Hat, they pay me to uh, they pay me to to learn cool technologies, and I have five big enterprise customers that. Um, I, I am their personal TAM. I, I help them use our products better. Like, for instance, today, one of them was having an issue with satellite. I know that's that's hard to believe. Hard to believe. So Right. So <laughs> I, I helped push that along. I didn't solve the issue, but I, I, I pulled some very good content from the logs, which the, the, the actual engineer who solved it didn't need at all. But hey, what? what <laughs> no. It was good, though. It was good. But at least you felt like you were helping. I felt like I was helping. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. So but, as you, as we've alluded to, uh, Mark and Andy, you're both here to talk about the Red Hat accelerators. So uh, I'm going to give you my sort of brief overview of what the accelerators are, and then we'll go a little more in depth. So uh, the accelerators are a customer adv advocacy group, which a number of um, you know sort of larger uh, companies will, will will generally do in order to to sort of get feedback from their customers and you know help their help some of their uh, most, sort of looking for, most passionate customers uh, interact with the brand a little better. Um, so I was a member of the Red Hat Accelerators, and you may have heard me talk about that on the show in the past. It got me involved in a number of things at Red Hat, which were pretty cool, like Enable Sysadmin, and uh, it got a little more attention to my own blog, which was kind of cool, and it got me uh, sort of creating some more content where I had sort of uh, slacked off in my blogging life. Um so those were all cool things, and it played some hand in getting me introduced to Red Hat in general, which I now work for. So that was that was also a benefit. Not that that's the goal of the accelerators. I want to focus on that for just a second. <laughs> but uh, for me, it worked out. Um, so, yeah. uh, Andy, I'm sure you have like an elevator pitch that you have to give people for what the accelerators are. Uh, do you want to fill in the gaps that I just left in my in my description? <laughs> You did a good, a pretty, a pretty good job. Uh, it's true. Uh, a lot of uh, enterprise companies have these customer advocacy programs, and, and the main reason why, I mean, I'll go into what Red Hat is, but you know, just a background for customer advocacy in general. Uh, and I used this example earlier in the week. You know, if uh, if I got buy a product to uh, wash my car, I can listen to the brand that said, "Hey, we're the best car polish ever. Use us. Your car paint's gonna last forever. We're awesome." Every brand's going to have a pitch about their product and say that they're awesome. But if I listen to my neighbor down the street, my coworker in the office, and my dad saying that they all use the same product and they say it worked, I like it, I think you should use it, that's going to be a lot more powerful um, 
than to have the brand tell me, hey, this product is great. And that's really what customer advocacy is, is that our customers are advocating for Red Hat on behalf of us. And for people that are work who are in the you know tech industry, their peers, their day-to-day people that they interact with, it's far more powerful to hear it from your coworker, your peer, the guy down the street who you might get together and chat with about your project than for Red Hat to say it. So that's sort of like the key the key feature of customer advocacy programs and Red Hat Accelerators is the same. So, you know, we're finding, engaging, converting customers. There's those marketing buzzwords um, and just sort of converting them into our advocates because we do that um, by sort of establishing a, a mutually beneficial relationship. There's always give and take. Like we're, we're going to um, offer s- some sort of benefits and we're going to get some benefits from that. And um, we're just looking to grow that and to make sure that we're building long-term relationships with our customers. The sort of Red Hat is a very relationship-based company in general, and this is just an extension of that. So, um, Andy, I, I don't want to, I don't want to catch you off guard with this one. However, um, I know that you've only recently joined Red Hat within the last, yeah. what, six, eight months, uh, yeah. and, and came into the accelerators program. So Mark, you, you may have more insight on this, but, um, That's another Red Hat product insight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the the idea to start the Red Hat accelerators is there any like story behind that, Mark? Do you even know? I know there was there was somebody else at the helm uh, who's no longer with Red Hat, so I don't know if you you have any of that story. So 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 Andy's predecessor, a gentleman named Brian, uh, is the one who really I guess birthed the program at Red Hat. But I mean, to me, to me, it was a natural, right? Um, Red Hat is is one of those companies that, like many tech companies, where you, you get some strong opinions. There, there are people who, you know, you'd think, oh, it's just software. Oh, it's just a technology. But I mean, it, it, think of the think of the convo we were having before the podcast, where we were like making fun of certain techs and almost professing our love for some others. I mean, nerds have strong opinions. I mean, I guess people have strong opinions, right? Um, about about a great many things. But the whole idea of communities, uh, Linux started as a community. It, it did not. It did not start as a commercial product, and most of the software that people use nowadays, on top of or alongside of Linux, you know, a lot. Most of that software were were, were hobbies, hobbyists. You know, create uh, creating it. So, so in some ways, having a uh, having a customer advocacy community is almost, I think, completing that circle. Yeah. The cup. The company becomes successful, or at least becomes well known, and and then there are people who are like, "Hey, I like your stuff," and so so the idea of forming a community around that. I mean, I guess if you were going to be super cynical, uh, you know, you could like what you know. Imagine like McDonald's making like the the McSwineys or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's our customer advocacy group where people are going to, they're going to meet and extol the virtue of Big Macs. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. I could just imagine but, a Burger King customer advocacy group called the Kings or something. The Kings, right. Yeah, right. It's the gang. Yeah. Don't mess with the Kings. They'll cut you. But you, get the, I, the, you get the creepy guy in the mask looking over you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the Burger King guy with Mike the big Burler. head. Yeah. Oh, those. Yeah. 
the the burger the creepy Burger King commercials from I think the was that in the two thousands? They I were about yeah. ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, those sucked. I hated them. <laughs> the big, <laughs> the big king head, the big like poly, the big, like plaster head. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so what that what that tells me is a bunch of people sat around a table in a conference room and said, "Yeah, this is a good idea. Ship yeah, it." Somebody thought that was a good idea. <laughs> you know. But, but they also said that about Full House. So, you know, I don't know. Rhett, you know, we have so much experience in building community upstream. It just it just made total sense and I'm I'm projecting here cuz right, I wasn't here in the beginning. It just makes sense. I totally sense. didn't answer the question by the way. Well, you did. On, you did. We I just went we just went off foxy nonsense. Yeah. You're you're the usually you're the nerd wrangler. Tonight I'm I'm the Mark wrangler. Yeah, like, we, yeah we we just do all this up stuff with upstream communities. It just made sense to kind of do a, a downstream community, right? With uh, enterprise customers. It's just again a natural extension of what Red Hat already does uh, for their business model. So right, and yeah. and I kind of wanted to point that out because so you know if I buy so here's my delicious black and tan right. So I bought this that that was the transaction and maybe I'll buy more or we're something a little more durable. I don't know, you know, but but a lot of consumers you know you buy something and and that's kind of it but we're now now we're in a world where there's a lot more subscription services so when you're a red hat customer you're a red hat customer now but there's going to be a decision point down the road and whether that's a year or two years or three years where you have to decide am i going to continue to be a red hat customer because the subscription runs out so companies that are that are offering subscription services i think there's there's a lot more interest in in having those conversations with customers. Hey, hey, you know what are we doing right? What could we do better? You had to work that in. I yeah. did, <laughs> I did, and I yeah. think what we saw with Red Hat with our customers is is a lot of them like are are a little crazy obsessed with us sometimes, like no. in a good way. What are you talking yeah. about? In a good way. Um, yeah, there's there's a spectrum of like loyalty and satisfaction. I mean, you start with satisfaction. You're buying the software. You're using it. You like it. Then loyalty is like, okay, a preference. I'd rather pick Red Hat over some competitor. And then advocacy is pure on, I'm loving you. I don't want to use anyone else. Keep on making, doing what you do. Oh, by the way, you could fix X, Y, Z, but I still love you. That type yeah. of thing. So I got, to, I got to join the community when it was about I'm going to call it six months old because the guy who was doing the tech moderator job, um, I, I said, Hey, if, uh, if, if Thomas ever wants a break, I can, I can jump in. And he was so overworked that I, yeah. <laughs> so all <laughs> yes, of a it's sudden yours, I, found, go. <laughs> I found myself being a tech moderator, which if I didn't make it clear, Red Hat doesn't pay me to work with the accelerators. They're one, it's one of my hobby jobs. Like it's, it's something I do as extra. So that's actually kind of really fun and cool. There seems to be a number of those within Red Hat. Now that I'm on the inside, it's like, hey, can you do this other thing too? How about this? Is this does this sound interesting? But it's it's all voluntary. <laughs> like like none of <laughs> it's gotcha. none of it's none of it's do this or you're not getting paid or something. It's it's no, more but like it's, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely and Red Hat's this crazy chaotic mess inside sometimes, and maybe I don't want to you know no. show too much of our laundry. 
but there's def it's definitely a culture where much like in the general open source community you you have to earn cred like it's a meritocracy if i just if you just and i think a lot of tech companies are like that i i i don't know if jason works for a similar in in a similar situation but now he's shaking his head now not but currently even, anyway i'm sure that yeah but like even you know back when i was at merck i was told hey you own your career you know you've gotta you've gotta like do stuff to stand out red hat it's like to the nth power but it's it's pretty awesome because we really are given a lot of freedom to to pursue really cool stuff. So the accelerators is one of those things I do because I legitimately enjoy it and I think it's important. So, yeah. All right. So um, can you give us some ideas as to what kind of interesting things the accelerators have done or, you know, things that, uh, that, that maybe members might expect to see or be involved in? Yeah, sure. I can I can name off some, and, and Uncle Mark can do so as well. I mean, I mean, from a programmatic pers perspective, you know, one of the most important things or activities that we do is sort of getting technical SMEs at Red Hat in front of accelerators. I think so you that, just used a TLA. What's a SME? Uh, a subject matter expert, so like a, te a technical marketing manager or an engineer. Um, getting them in front of accelerators with either a finished idea or finished product or a feature that someone might be working on. We had a session with some engineers in Brno this week where um, they had talked with accelerators last fall about a feature that was coming out in a product and release soon. And they, they, you know, got some understanding around that. And then they did a, a briefing this week saying, okay, we want to show you more. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not baked and ready to go, but they're still providing feedback. Those types of things to roadmap, roadmap sessions, you know, a lot of our program is around just getting um, technical people in front of accelerators and talking about what's coming out. So they're sort of ahead of the curve, whether it's they're the red hat guy at their comp or gal at their company, or they're building sort of domain expertise in their like podcasting, blogging or whatever, getting them information early and often is sort of gives them domain expertise, power, street cred. Um, so that's a lot of what we do. And then sort of something that I bring to the program, because I'm, I'm new and, and I have a little bit different background, is helping people build their personal brand. So a lot of people want to do public speaking. A lot of people want to do blogging or podcasting or do social media better. And so we're doing that stuff that's not Red Hat specific. So we have, you know, we talk about blogging and public speaking, tips and tricks, how you might do Twitter better, et cetera. And that, that's, that's an investment in people's personal brand, not just what do you know about Red Hat. So we do things like that. Um, we um, have presences at industry shows and of course Red Hat events. And that's where um, Uncle Mark has had a lot of participation in as well. He's hosted panels at our Red Hat Summit and um, he's taken accelerators out to uh, shows like Ansible Fest, um, et cetera. And Mark, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that too as well and what that experience is like. That experience is pretty flippin' stellar. <laughs> no, so I so Summit is like this big prize. Uh, when when you're a Red Hatter, being able to get to Summit is is actually a goal of many of us because it's not something everybody gets to do. Hmm. And I've been a Red Hat for a while, and last year was the first year I was able to go because I uh, submitted a panel 
to talk with uh, several accelerators about you know what they've done with Red Hat products, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in fact, um, Mr. Nate was was a substitute into that panel because one of the people couldn't make it. So I'm like, hey, Nate, you're going to Summit, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can, can, can we swap you in? Do you want to be on the panel? And he actually did a great job. So what was really neat was was seeing these seeing these five guys up on the stage and you know you had Abraham Snell who's amazing you had Nate you had uh you had a uh, Dave you had uh you had academic Jim with his mighty Unix beard yes the beard and and, and they start <laughs> talking and there were a bunch of red hatters in the room and as soon as they started talking about what we could do better like a dozen people were like suddenly leaning forward, totally like taking notes and paying attention. And then the questions started. And yeah, some customers are asking questions. It was, it was mostly Red Hat employees who were really, really interested in what they had to say because, you know, it, they, these guys, the accelerators like our stuff. They have very fond feelings to it. But again, they'll, they'll tell us what we're doing wrong. They're, they're not afraid to say, yeah, this this part of the experience sucks. So I've I've had Abraham sat up on the stage saying, "Help me give you money. Your subscription <laughs> experience is terrible." I've had and, uh, since joining Red Hat. Now that's just under four months at this point. I've had October, right? It was October. It was October. I've yeah. had three internal Red Hat employees tell me, including our our current boss, Mark. Uh, that they saw me on that panel, and they remembered me from that panel, probably because of the goatee. I don't know, but the, the uh, goats, yeah, the goat is <laughs> very much something you remember you by. But yeah. uh, you know, just just to sort of lend to what you're saying, that red hatters were there and they were paying attention. Program managers, people that were higher up in the the food chain very, than, than just like very average folks. high in the food chain, very yeah. very high. My goal was to get Jim Whitehurst there, but it didn't, didn't happen. Out, huh? Maybe this year. Because <laughs> we're doing out with accelerators at a happy hour, Oh, right? in the tent. Oh. We have yeah. pictures. We were in the yeah. mighty executive tent. It was awesome. <laughs> so so but, if, um, if you want to meet Jim Whitehurst, become an accelerator. We'll talk about how later. I, not even kidding. <laughs> not even kidding. Yeah, because yeah, we're doing the panel again this year, which is which, I, again, I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, I, I feel like I'm going to steal Andy's thunder a little bit, but we got some other cool stuff going on at Summit. Yeah. If if you're getting to Summit. Yeah. This is, this is like going to be the Red Hat shill show in, in yeah. a little bit if we're not careful. Jason's <laughs> going to start throwing things at us. Well, we are talking all about a Red Hat program. Uh, yeah. I was going to make it a Buntu joke, but ugh. <laughs> ah! just, just don't mention Oracle. Oh, crap, I mentioned Oracle. Oh, no. No, it's, it's unbreakable. It's unbreakable, yeah. totally unbreakable. <laughs> Un, you you got to use the unfakeable Linux. Thank you very much. Yeah. So oh we got God. some cool stuff on the pipe for Summit this year, I will say. Yeah. We, we actually have an area. Experience. Yeah. We, we're going to have an area, a lounge. Uh, we try to bring some behind the scenes stuff, some executive meet and greet. You know, we, it's worth it's worth coming to. Uh, uh, and we're, we, try to, we try to make the sort of mini versions of that um, for conferences mini we do. Versions. Like in Ansible Fest, like we we had a presence there last year. We're going to have a presence there next year. But we also have done some shows like AWS Reinvent, uh, where there was a, a panel that Accelerator sat on as well. It was the um, that was same. the panel where that was the panel that Nate heckled. Oh, okay. I did. I was, 
I was in the crowd and basically participating almost as much as your panelists were. He didn't actually. <laughs> he didn't heckle. That was, but that was actually. Nate caught my eye at that in in a totally business appropriate way. I'm married already. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but but uh, and then did you come to the Atomic History Museum with us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, so so that was when I that was when I first really I think met you, wasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, we sort of knew each other through the accelerators, of course. But <laughs> were you in the accelerators already? Yeah, I was in the accelerators. Jason has Jason his red has hat his on red now. Hat. <laughs> He's feeling a bit of envy. Yeah, I think. I felt like that. Mine's mine. a little smaller. That one looks. <laughs> that one looks cute. That one looks more like a Carmen San Diego thing than a. Exactly. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but, but that was the so. But that. But at at reInvent, that's that was like the first time we actually I think spent any significant time together. Yeah. So that was yeah. Cool. In fact, uh, uh, well, I guess we can talk talk more about this a little bit when we talk about how to join the accelerators. But when you join the accelerators, it's not just I filled out a form and now I'm part of the accelerators. There's actually an interview process. And, Mark, you were part of my interview process. I was. So, okay. so that was the first time we met officially. I'm old. I don't remember. <laughs> well, now we have to know, how, how did the interview go? And, and, and tell us about all the uh, uh, the inappropriate bits. I remember that Brian practically fell out of his chair when I when it, when it I told him that I ran a podcast. So I he figured did. I was in at that and, point. And Brian was very... Brian probably still is. I'm, I'm not talking about Olympic. He's dead. But Brian, uh, Brian, very excitable. Yeah. So yeah. he got loud. He got loud quickly. Yeah. He was. He was. He was pumped. I was impressed too. By the way, well, good. I, I you, thought that. I thought yeah. that was a good thing. You hold it. I in called you my ma- You were my magical unicorn accelerator, and then you became an employee. I was like, Nate <laughs> is the perfect accelerator. You know, he blogs, he podcasts, he you know, he goes to shows, he speaks on panels. He is what we want. Oh, damn! Now he's a red hatter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, seems to be a recurring theme at this point. But he saw the posting, right? I mean, what are we gonna do? Saw. We, yeah. Saw the posting. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. He's amazing Red Hatter. We're happy to have him. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That's, and you're that... still part of the Accelerators, right? You're one of our yeah. volunteer yeah. jams. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, That's always a tough thing, though, right? Um, I, I don't know if it happened. I, I don't know if I want to go on the sidetrack, but the whole idea of you uh, of jumping from companies, like when you're a customer and you join a company, because I know that happened with one of our other fellow Tams. He was a, a highly valued employee at one of my accounts, and he ended up coming on board at Red Hat. And he's awesome, but that was that was a little bumpy. Uh, there's definitely potential for hurt feelings there. Yeah, you have to be careful. And, yeah, and we definitely don't want to be like, yes, join the accelerators, so that way we can poach you. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think there were any hurt feelings at my previous employer. Not that we were on bad terms, but they had a. They had a different vision for where they wanted to take IT, and mm. uh, I think Very I don't want to put cloudy. this. I don't want to put this negatively, but um, I but feel like gonna. I feel like I may have been a roadblock to where they wanted to go because they valued me as an employee and didn't want me to leave, didn't want to fire me, didn't want to make me unhappy. But they also saw that I was not interested in where they wanted to go, so it worked out better, I think, for everybody. Uh, certainly worked out for us. But at any rate. Um, let's see, we got, so we already kind of touched on this, but I don't know if you want to fill in any more blanks that we didn't already. Uh, what does, or what does a member of the accelerators as a customer get out of being an accelerator? Um, you've already mentioned that they get access to, or maybe not access to, but they get sort of direct feedback toward project managers or 
you know, uh, uh, techno account manager, technical, uh, yeah, technical marketing manager, technical marketing managers. (laughs) There's so many titles. I don't know them all yet. I I don't know them either. Um, (laughs) I've been here five years. I don't. So, I mean, beyond, beyond that, uh, beyond, you know, being able to have a presentation about satellite from like a satellite expert at Red Hat, who also has the ability to take your feedback and make changes. Uh, what else could you say that the accelerators, the members get out of being an accelerator? Well, I think I think the number one thing is community, right? So we have a Slack channel, um, and the accelerators are on it 24-7. And it's not just about, you know, um, what you're working with from a technology perspective, but it's also just um, peer-to-peer networking, um, talking about hanging out and talking about barbecuing, uh, what you're, you know, what you did on the weekend. Uh, not what, even getting... I'm not kidding. Nope, 3D printing, 3D that printing. sort of thing. But but of course, also... 3D barbecuing. Do, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's soon to come, I'm sure. But if you truly have a problem, there is going to be a Red Hatter because another... A Red Hat Accelerator because another sort of character aspect of the accelerators is that they're so generous with their knowledge and their time. If you have a problem, you drop it in Slack, say, hey, I'm experiencing this, or hey, have you have you seen this? There's going to be three or four accelerators who pop in and say, yeah, I had that problem. This was my resolution, et cetera. You know, you're going to, you might even not ever need to go to customer support because you've got your crew um, that's hanging out on Slack that's there to help you. And if they can't find the answer th- themselves, a lot of times they'll go out and search for you, find the answer and bring it back for you. So you've got, you know, agents of, uh, you know, of, not of change, but, you know, people that are going out and working on your behalf just because they like you, hang out with you, respect you, and you're a peer. So I have a story that directly relates to that, and it's basically that uh, at my previous employer, I was working with satellite. I ran into this weird problem with, like... No way. Yeah, right. No way. A weird problem. It, it was actually, like, a database problem. There was something with, I don't know, content view versions or something Find that had backed up. Yeah, I know. That's impossible, right? This never guys, happens. John Spinks is going to freaking kill you, too. But I went, I went. I have the scars. <laughs> this is actually probably a literal scar from Satellite 6.0. <laughs> because I was fighting with Satellite 6.0, and I tried to kill myself to get away from <laughs> So John anyway, Spinks wasn't so here for that. The, okay, okay. The, you got to the, waltz in after it was working better. So I went and I opened a ticket with support, you know, as you do when you can't figure out a problem. And then uh, within minutes later, I'm in the Accelerator Slack channel saying, hey, I'm seeing this weird thing. Hey. Hey, how can I get out of it? Like, what what can I do? I've already got a ticket open, blah, 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 blah. Just trying to see if I can more quickly resolve the problem because I want to get back to doing whatever I was doing. Right. I don't want to wait for support to get back. Yeah, Reddit waits for no man. And you, Mark, you can probably guess who responded to me. One of our satellite experts in the sat- in this uh, Slack. It, it is, wasn't is you, it, unfortunately, because you were probably busy tamming. Or reading Reddit. <laughs> was it one of the accelerators or was it a Red Hatter? Yeah, one of the accelerators. Um, probably uh, probably Will. Yeah, I was going to say his name rhymes with Satellite Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like no one's... Ooh, <laughs> like it matters, right? <laughs> you know, Satellite Bill was totally but, anonymous, but Satellite but he, Will, he's now got people <laughs> running to his house. Yeah. <laughs> He he came back with a couple suggestions, asked me a few questions, and sure enough, within a few minutes, uh, we came up with a solution. And it took me, I don't know, maybe an hour to work through this, the solution, um, but uh, I was able to get through it, and ta-da, my satellite's up and running again, which was cool, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and it happens all the time inside Slack. That just community is super generous with your experience and time, and uh, that's just, you don't, you can't find that 
very often it's very special, I think, and 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 the accelerators have that. Um, yeah, and if I can give an honest confession, I'll often I'll bre I'll breeze through the chat, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna see if anybody picks this up because I'm not sure. And 99 times out of 100, a, a fellow accelerator will answer the question, yeah. because I think the ultimate goal is for the this community to be self sufficient, right? Like yeah. Red Hat provide the provide the infrastructure, provide other stuff, the stuff only Red Hat can provide, but have the community help run itself. Yeah. Another thing that we give accelerators, by the way, I had a customer today uh, who uh, on our TAM call, he went out of his way to, again, pick up the swag box that we send them and was stroking. He's like, this box <laughs> is so awesome. This box you guys sent me. The box it's, is it's awesome. It's amazing. The box and is awesome. you know, the stuff inside, too. But he was uh, he was impressed. Look, that is a... Swag is important. The, the welcome kit that I got was a top-notch box. Top-notch. I mean, the box. I saved again. it. It's up in my attic because I couldn't yeah. just throw it away. It's packaging, nope. but I could not throw it away. Right. Nope. Say, same with my customer. He's like, I'm not throwing this box away. This box is amazing. Apple can learn something <laughs> from like, how the accelerators package that welcome kit. <laughs> like, are you a cat? Because you're a little too obsessed with that box, but you know. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's good, I don't know if they're still using the same box, but those boxes were great. Well, they had the old logo on them, so I guess not. He's relative. He He's relatively new uh, in so, the grand scheme of things. They're still using around. that box. Yep, okay. we are. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's see. More things that you get from being an accelerator. Aside uh, from the box. It's aside from me. the box, <laughs> the network, the product experience, conference experience. Um, and we've very touched on sort of this personal, professional brand development if you're interested in doing public speaking or or blogging or things like that. Cool swag. I guess another thing that's kind of tangential is like you you get access to this. Zip. Sorry, is that markety? Sorry. No, I'm just trying to figure out. That's is that tangential. We can't. We or can't have. We can't have tangents on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And for those of you who are not watching the video, you missed all my goofy hand motions. Hands like <laughs> he looks okay. like Madonna doing Vogue for a while. Yep, that was, that's true. <laughs> now, I know Chuck is watching because he, he responded live on Facebook when we were talking about Satellite 6. He said, oh, my God, I'm dying. That's the show. It was, it was a box of razors. <laughs> so anyway, a box, of, razor, a box think, of razors actually worked as intended. I think Andy oh. was trying to go off on her tangent. <laughs> I'm just like, sort of the last thing was like, you know, being the red hat guy or girl and within your organization can also help your, your career, right? Um, you could be the go-to person for that. You, can, you are also an influencer, right? Um, Red Hat accelerators, and we oh, didn't mention you get free stuff at hotels and restaurants. That's and stuff, right, right. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely yeah. true. That's my life. Um, the oh, you made me lose my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, damn it! I'll stop being such a jerk. <laughs> Freaking Mark. No, it's, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Oh, you know, so I, one of the things that we didn't mention is that. Um, accelerators is for hands-on practitioner, practitioners, right? The people that are using this every day. So it's not the C-suite. It's not necessarily the decision makers, but accelerators influence those people, right, internally. So if people are looking to expand their, you know, whatever their um, – their technology set is with a product that they don't necessarily aren't familiar with, but as an accelerator you've had exposure to, you can educate 
your coworkers internally and maybe influence decisions that way too. Um, I know we were talking to someone earlier this week that um, wanted to bring insights into um, their organization. They were completely unfamiliar with insights until they attended some accelerators sessions and then they were able to influence their management to actually bring it in. So that's kind of another thing that um, being an accelerator can do for you too, as well as like actually yeah. help your career when it comes to being the expert on Red Hat within your organization. So true, true stories. We've had manager people apply for the program and we've said, yeah, no. Like right. when we interview them, we realize, oh wait, this person's and they're 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 clever enough, they're they're nice enough, but their their hands haven't touched a keyboard in I don't know how long. They're managing people, like, so, yeah, this isn't for you. So, so you guys are a technology safe space. <laughs> in, in a lot, right? Yeah, we don't want the pointy-haired boss from Dilbert. We, he, that, he's he's the only person not really welcome. That's, I'm barely allowed to be in there, right? You know? You're tolerated. Well, you're tolerated because <laughs> yeah, exactly. you control, you send out the boxes. Yes, so. that's what it is. The box. And honestly, we could probably have Grace do that. I so agree. you better that's watch yourself. Grace. Yeah, she's on our program team too. She's the actual uh, one. Does that Grace magic? Is awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so the next thing I had in the outline here of things we wanted to try to cover. <laughs> <laughs> was what does Red Hat get out of this? And I think we kind of covered some of that. So much! Yeah, you know, we do. We do. Go ahead, Mark. So, and that's the, the accelerators, like, they they're, they have such a great time and they get access to it. So they're like, what can you guys possibly be getting from us? Like, what, what are you possibly getting out of this relationship? Uh, and it's true. And, and the reality is that they provide the kind of candid, straight, and awesome feedback that you sometimes need to drop thousands of dollars on to do a single study. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, to run a, if you were to try and put together a focus group to say, huh, does this widget we're introducing suck? And, like, just do that from scratch and find, you know, Joe Random nerd on the street to do it, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, you know, th there it goes, down the turlet. Um, yep. And, very and true. so, and, but, but the accelerators, they're like, we've made legitimate changes, course corrections in our product lines based on accelerator feedback, specifically around some of the subscription stuff. Uh, Dan, one of the, one of the subscription guys from Red Hat, he's, he's one of our best friends, friend of the accelerator. And he comes on and and the guys are just they're they're kindly brutal to him about a lot of things. And and some are again, just brutal, this, brutal. Some are, some are just brutal, brutal. Most of them are kindly brutal. Most are kindly brutal. And again, we've we've made we've made changes that were like, oh, we didn't think of that. Yeah. That's really a better way to do it. Yeah. And and so we Red Hat gets a lot out of it. Yeah. A lot. And we already yeah. have really strong relationships, and I think that the accelerator relationships with um, they're able to forge like even stronger relationships with red hat people so that, you know, it's always easier to like drop bad news or have something that doesn't work. Um, and when it's someone that you have a relationship, it's far easier to have that difficult conversation with um, than someone who like is a complete stranger. So I think it, it customer relationships is a big deal for, for red hat. I think this is just another way that those are uh, made stronger and, and, the people at Red Hat, so 
if you become a, a, a Red Hat Accelerator, you're, you have to sign an NDA, right? Because you're getting access to information that's not available um, publicly. So you're a trusted source of content because you've, you've seen some of the behind the kimono sausage making stuff and um, you can be trusted that you're not going to share and that you're, you're a hands-on person that know, understands the pain points. So um, you're really a trusted source of that feedback. And then it, two other kind of things that Red Hat benefits from too that I think of from a marketing perspective. And that goes back to that word of mouth thing, right? It's the same thing. You can't pay people enough. You can have a celebrity spokesperson to say, hey, Red Hat's awesome. I mean, lots of companies do that. But to have actual customers go out and advocate for you externally, it's priceless. Um, and uh, the word of mouth aspect is huge. And then the other thing is, it's like, you know, uh, we have people in this space, you know, uh, whether it's Cisco or a VMware or Dell or Microsoft that have their customer advocacy program. So it's sort of like uh, an industry awareness thing that Red Hat also has a customer advocacy program because they believe in customer advocacy. They're investing the money um, to have this program, to keep the program, et cetera. So it sort of raises um, the awareness with the industry that it's important to us too. So that that's also a benefit that we have from the program and the accelerators. So I guess uh, something that I actually didn't include in the questions, I'm, I'm sorry if this blindsides you, but um, I guess uh, a really good thing to end with is um, what does it take to become an accelerator and how might somebody apply to become an accelerator? Sure. Um, so we've touched on some of the things already. Um, one is like being a hands-on practitioner. So you're using the products technology every day. Um, you probably aren't going to be a newbie in uh, the space either. Most of the accelerators have been doing this for at least five years, if not more. So um, there's a level of seniority or expertise, even if you're newer at some products and others. Um, most of the people have been doing um, this stuff for quite a while. So uh, probably not someone who's just starting out, although we haven't had people apply for that. Maybe that's something we might want to consider. Um, the, the curiosity and generosity of spirit. So people that are like generally interested in helping each other that generally like to be part of communities and invest in that. Um, I'd say people who are looking to build their personal and professional brand by doing some of these other things. Sometimes it's not just good enough to be really good at your job. People are looking at what else can you do? Like, can you blog? Can you podcast? Can you public speak? That sort of thing. So people who might be interested in building out their personal and professional brand brand. Um, and then um, actually the signing up and getting it done part is pretty easy. So we have a, um, a little bit of information on a website um, that's in our customer portal. So you have to be a customer of Red Hat to be a part of this program. So you can access the form in our customer portal. Um, and we will share the URL for that too um, as well. Nate's going to share it in the yep, notes. It'll be in the show and notes. And we have some information about the program, some of the terms and conditions, and an application form. So you fill out the application form. It's pretty straightforward. I think it's about 10 questions. And then the team receives that, and we take a look. Um, please make sure to fill out the form. I don't know how many I'll, people like, fill out their name and email address, and yes, I want to be an accelerator. That really doesn't tell us <laughs> very much. We you're ask not you getting like, it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We kind of want to know why you're, you want to be You're not getting it if you do that. You actually have to – Yeah, you got to put forth a little bit of effort. Come on, yeah. people. Yeah, we're not asking a lot. Fill the damn really form out. 
short form questions. Um, and then we listen. Sysadmins don't have time for that. <laughs> well, then we need a short. Time. So we don't have time to send them the box. All right? <laughs> you want the box, you got to fill the form out. It's simple. Um, then we reach out and say, "Hey, we we you know we like what we see. Let's set up an hey. interview." <laughs> I cannot do it like you. You do it the best. Do it again. Do it again. I have three daughters. Hey, <laughs> terrible. Considering that Mark is an older man and <laughs> shouldn't yeah. be able to do that that well. <laughs> So we will reach back out to you either way, whether we don't think you're a good fit or we do. If we think you're a good fit, we'll have you set up a, a request for an interview with someone like Uncle Mark or Nate. Um, and sometimes we have other other accelerators on the call, too, as well. And then someone like me or Grace, and we'll just get on the phone and, and just talk through the program a little bit more Talk about your your background and experience, why you may want to be accelerated, and that's pretty much it. And then um, we make the decision whether to bring you on board. You, you sell out your NDA and stuff, and you're on you're in the program. We do run a calendar by calendar year uh, membership. So at the end of each year, we sort of renew everyone. It's an opportunity for you to say, "Do I really want to continue doing this or not?" <laughs> the no. <laughs> Uh, and then we re-up everyone for the next year. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, I will say, and, and Uncle Mark says this best, and he can go into his Boy Scouts lecture, um, we do a lot. Um, and we know people have jobs and lives and children and pets and dogs, and you can't do everything. Um, we do record nearly all our sessions that we do. So if you can't make it, you can listen to it. Um, but I'll let Mark, Uncle Mark give the rest of the story. Well, no, I, I tell them the same thing that I tell the, the, the scouts when they're joining my troop, you know, we, we've got all sorts of activities and life is busy and overwhelming. So you get into scout, you get out of scouting what you put into scouting. Like if you never show up to the meetings, if you don't go on any of the camping trips, the hikes, whatever, you're not going to rank up, you're not going to have fun. And the accelerators is very much the same way. It's it's supposed to bring joy. It's not supposed to be a burden. But in many ways, you know, a program like this, it's like any community. Uh, again, you know, you can join a community and never show up and never engage. So And then what do you get is, out of it? Yeah. You get yeah. nothing, right? Yeah. Maybe you get the box and that's it. Um, it's a great box and the, the box is spectacular <laughs> i mean for some people maybe that is worth it but i think people want more than just the box i really i really believe that i'm so, gonna have to bring the box to the next show uh, now I'll take now i was like where's my box yeah, now, <laughs> now, now, now jason wants a box you have to join the accelerator so go become a and customer and you can join yeah. and, does your company <laughs> use red app products you know that's the first question and, yes and well, that's then you're on. Uh, okay. And if you don't hate us, let's start with don't hate us. We'd prefer if you liked us. Right. It's you know, a good and start. And then go fill out the form and we'll talk. And then uh, and then you too could apply for a job at Red Hat. And then and you, and you might get the box. <laughs> and if you get, well, right. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. Can I say that? It Empty re promises. Recorded yeah, and broadcasted to the it world. Is? I'm sorry well, it was that. broadcasted and they'll end up Fun time, though. Fun time. <laughs> All right. So I think we've covered it pretty well uh, in a slightly rambly way. Probably not the presentations that you're used to, Andy. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, any final thoughts on the accelerators before we transition into what could be even less uh, on point, which would be the rest of the show? <laughs> 
the the only thing I would say is if you're if you're listening to the show and you're not a Red Hat customer, too bad for you. But you know, think about customer advocacy. Uh-huh. So like, if we you're, feel sorry for you if you're not a Red Hat customer. Uh, we, we do feel sorry for you. Sorry, but that doesn't do. mean you can't get involved in customer advocacy. Uh, if so, if some of the stuff the accelerators do seems interesting, you know, check out uh, sort of like if you're a Cisco shop, check out what the Cisco champions do. If you're using a lot of VMware, check out VE Expert. Um, um, if, if it appeals to you, the, the idea, the concept of this community in general, there are a lot of them out there, and uh, you may want to consider joining. If you're not a Red Hat customer, seek something else out because it yeah, can be really rewarding. We're hardly first in the space. In no. fact, we're, there's been a lot of a great mm-hmm. of great communities and great advocacy groups that have come before us. So we're actually we're kind of the new kids on the block. Ooh, 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 start the music. I, no, I, I don't no. <laughs> Was that New Kids on the Block or was that someone else? I don't, I don't think it was. That's in sync. That's in sync. Aren't they the same? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're the same. They're different uh, faces, but they're the same. Yeah. Turn off that garbage music. Get off my lawn. Yeah. All right, and with that, I think it is time we transition. So, uh, Jason, do you remember the color of the button? This is your quiz. I'm gonna get it wrong every time. Isn't it purple? It's purple. And I missed it. <laughs> oh, this is the new the new new kids on the block album. Okay. If anybody hasn't guessed, judging from the the song that I chose to cut up to uh, make all the music for this show, I was not a new kids on the block fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like we don't mention that enough. It is in the show notes, but uh, that song is a Creative Commons released song by a uh, a band called Tritachion. It's called Digital MK2. So you can go check that out. There's a link for it in the show notes if you want to hear the whole song and not just the pieces that uh, I use on the show. So. Sorry, now I gotta find where I was in the in the list. Awkward silence. Awkward silence. I'll edit that out later. <laughs> Hint: I won't edit it later. That'll just be a no, silence in there. <laughs> Listen, do you have any idea how hard it is to go find that pause later when I'm editing a two-hour-long show? Uh, I no. usually just give up and let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah, let it just, go. Just Elsa, that pause, just, man. Just like Elsa. Well, might I recommend that one of you who is not controlling the things aka jason like has a piece of paper <laughs> and notes and says oh pause at 50 seconds you no, know yeah. then yeah, you'll know where to the go program manager talking now <laughs> at 56 <laughs> minutes there was a pause we were supposed to edit out doesn't yeah. that mean i have to pay attention and then mark <laughs> no then mark it's your show it's your show yeah, the, yeah. oh right, right it's your show yeah. the kicker is <laughs> go and edit the crap out it's your show it's your show the, the, the kicker is the sound recorder that I use to actually record the show has this button on it and I can push that just puts a marker, yeah. right? Oh, and then it shows up in the, in the audio editing program later. The problem is I always forget to hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So, so it is at 50 minutes and uh, 34-ish seconds. We've got to cut out that, that musical interlude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might not be a terrible idea. 
<laughs> All right, so on to announcements. Um, I don't know that we have a whole lot of announcements. We have our usual Patreon updates. Uh, the number of patrons has not changed since last show, but I have them in the show notes, and uh, I can read them off, I suppose. We've got Mr. 22532, who, again, I think is our first patron ever, and he's been with us for most of the life of the show, so thank you. Um, Andy, who's on the show tonight, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but thank you for being a patron. My pleasure. Uh, Charles Dementor, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. Um, Gimpy B, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It sounds like an odd name. Gimpy um, B? I, I pronounce it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, he uses the GNU image manipulation program. Perhaps. Maybe that's it. But uh, it's version Battery, D. Battery walks with the limp. Battery works with the limp. Ah, uh, right. So, uh, uh, Jay, Jason, who's not the Jason here, but Jay is. Um, <laughs> John, Julius, Mark with a C, who, uh, hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> Mark, hi with a, Mark. Mark with a K, because it's not confusing enough to have two people named Mark. They just have two different letters at the end of their name. And Ryan. So thank you, folks, for being patrons. Some of you are brand new. Uh, in fact, just this month. So uh, thank you for joining up. And Go, it is, Ryan. Much appreciated. I don't even know who Ryan is, but go Ryan. Uh, neither do I, but I appreciate it. Maybe it's that, Ryan uh, Gosling. What if it's Ryan Gosling? I don't think it's Ryan Gosling. That um, would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Because I, I actually do have last names for these folks, but I don't include if them in the show because Gosling. I respect their privacy. It's yeah. not Ryan Gosling. If you're, if you're Ryan Gosling, <laughs> reach out to me. Yeah, right. If you're Ryan Gosling, you should be sending more money. Yeah. Uh, that's true, too. <laughs> oh, they're going to scare him away now. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, crap, they're on to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um... Red Hat Summit is coming up, as we talked about, April 27th to 29th. I just grabbed that while we were chatting, so I hope I copy and pasted it right. <laughs> Assuming the coronavirus doesn't take out the West Coast. Assuming yes. the yeah. coronavirus yeah. does not take out the West Coast. Now, that's another yeah. valid concern. Do I really want to go to California while the coronavirus is running rampant? So, I don't know. If, because San Francisco they just, said a, wait, a, create, uh, declared a state of emergency, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean... They've had poop and needles on the street for a long time, though, so yep. that's probably been a long time time coming. Yeah. Um, I think uh, RS the uh, that RSA conference. RSAC, uh, yeah. Yeah, IBM, who's a little company that we're associated with, uh, Facebook, a couple of other companies, with. I think, pulled out of that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So and then and face, Facebook. Face you're going to say the same thing. They canceled their show, right? Their their conference. Which which is a good thing because <laughs> well. Anyway, their Facebook. Eh, it does. Stop. It does seem like sending a bunch of your customers into an area where they may catch a deathly illness. Kind of a bad move. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, the, the only reason that all these are getting canceled is because of of uh, sort of the the overblown nature of the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it would look bad if somebody got sick. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. It, Honestly, I don't think there's much of an issue, and you can get together, and, and it'd be fine, and nobody's going to get anything except, you know, the normal conflict. Not to be associated with coronavirus. Regular right. flu. Yeah. Right. right. Which kills people, too, con, mostly if they're old. Con crud. Yeah. yeah, con crud. Someone was sharing statistics. They said that, like, the normal flu has killed more people than the coronavirus this year. Yeah, yes. absolutely. The, normal, the, the, <laughs> the case fatality rate of the normal flu is much higher than coronavirus. The difference is, I, I may listen to a virus podcast. Yes, you the do. The big difference Maybe. is that there, you, you can get inoculated against the flu, and then there's herd immunity, which actually knocks down the total number of cases, versus there is no, there's no 
inoculation for coronavirus, or I'm sorry, COVID-19. So therefore, it sort of spreads everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you can combat it with your essential oils, like Karen the anti-vaxxer does with the regular flu. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so 55 minutes and 20 seconds. We've got to cut that garbage out. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. Pen- advice. Mike Pence is on the job. He's the COVID czar. It's, it's all going to work out. Facebook has taken down all the advertising about coronavirus cures, so we're yeah. good. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good to know. Hey, yeah. hi, hi, Jim. I see Jim's commenting. Like Why people don't get con crud all the time anyway. You're you're right. <laughs> hey, Jim. Jim's an accelerator. <laughs> Academic <laughs> Jim. Woo! So uh, we've curse. we've got like I've got to curse myself, but I've never gotten sick from a conference. Yeah. You don't need to buy. It's kind of. Maybe the, the it's because tell- I don't talk to people at conferences. I don't know. So, so the telling thing, uh, and we 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 don't have to we don't have to stay on this topic. But the telling thing is, at least on the live tracking map that I'm looking at, there's right now 60 cases in the United States. 42 of them are the folk who are stuck in the middle of the country who are quarantined from the Diamond Princess. Yeah. Oh. So we really don't we don't have a lot of. And I'm trying to convince my wife. We're going to Disney World next week. Well, at the end of next week, and then on a cruise, the the there's one case on the East Coast, and there's nothing going on in Florida or the Caribbean. So I'm like, yeah, I think we're good. I I, I don't think we're gonna have a problem. So should we figure out what we're doing with your accounts uh, when you get coronavirus? <laughs> you and know don't what? Come back? If I get coronavirus, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> All right, so back on point. Announcements. <laughs> announcements. Announcements. Uh, looks like uh, looks like we have Whopper Summit. You want to talk about Whopper Summit again? Um, because we've been covering it pretty closely. Again. Yeah. yeah you so know, Whopper we've talked Summit. about it for every show for the past, you know, couple weeks. Yeah, so that's Wh- that's cool. Whopper Summit, hard harbor focused. Uh, Is that where you eat hamburgers? Conference. Uh, yes. Yes. Lots of lots of hamburgers. No, uh, it's it's, it's the in... War Operation Plan Response Summit. Yes. From War Games. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, that will happen in Philadelphia, uh, at the Fort Washington specifically, uh, at the end of March. So March 27th to 29th, uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. Um, and it's, it was awesome last year and I'm looking forward to being I there I think year. that's the land party weekend, Nate. So, you know. Yeah, it is. I, I probably won't be going to Whopper Summit. In fact, and I think at this point I have three things going on that weekend. So I need to figure out how go- I'm working that out. You want to go to the land party? <laughs> it was nice being on this this, this podcast. Uh, I have to I have to no longer be on because you know my my co my co co-host here isn't isn't supporting things I do. So I totally support Aww. it. That's fine. Listen, Aww. I will I will happily be at uh, uh, besides Delaware when it comes up. Okay. So what's this land party? <laughs> we have a we have a coworker who. His wife and him, I mean, they do they do take some regular vacations, but rather than doing a big family vacation every year, and, and they have three daughters, and their daughters are all gamers. They have this blowout party. It starts on Friday morning, and it goes till Sunday, where there's 20 to 30 nerds who descend upon his house. We bring our rigs. There's, like, cr- spaces to crash in the basement or on the couches or whatever. And we set up our systems in in the big dine in the big living room area, on the back porch area, which is next to it, and we game. We just we game. 
like there's this one game, Natural Selection Two, which is an alien, which is like a co- Colonial Marines versus aliens. We have like thirty people playing that together, and the, the the games run for like two hours, and you're doing it like two in the morning. And you're like, oh, I can't stay awake anymore, but we got to keep going because we're gonna kill those damn bugs. And oh, <laughs> it's so cool. It's yeah, so cool. Sounds like fun. I haven't done yeah. a land party in so long. No, I it, probably 10, I, 15 I, years for me. And I always end up, I always end up, one of them always suckers me into buying some new, some new game there, like some $60 title. Like last year, it was The Division 2. And I played it for like two weeks after I got home. And I'm like, ah, this was more fun at the land party. <laughs> it's not as so, fun now. Damn it's it. not as fun now. But uh, PUBG, that Battle Royale game, yep. Fortnite yep. for Grown Ups. They had, uh, they, had released, <laughs> they had released the custom lobby feature right before the land party, so that was amazing. We had we had a couple of good rounds of that, and then there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of games we play, and then we always do uh, we always do a round of uh, of either werewolf or mafia on Saturday night. We take a break from the digital stuff, do that. Uh, Sunday we might go to a movie, uh, but but yeah, it's basically like he tells people. Your wife or husband, or your what? Your significant other is allowed to come, but my wife is not there to entertain them. Don't bring, don't bring them if if they're not gaming. Don't bring the non-gaming and, spouse. Is what and you're no saying. one under eighteen. No one under eighteen. He his he he kicks his younger kids out to their grandparents for the weekend. <laughs> so it's so amazing. If you're, headed, if you're headed up there, Nate, and you guys want a, a board game, uh, remind me, and I'll give you Secret Hitler. Oh, you've told me about this. Oh, I didn't tell you. Hang on. Uh, uh, this yeah, this this audio medium is working out really well. <laughs> Awkward silence. Awkward he's going to show us something. He's, <laughs> yes, he's he pulling something out of his closet. It's a box. It's a it box. Have you seen this? Cards against Star Wars. It's awesome. No, have not. Ah, you, dude. I'm totally not kidding. Bring it to Lumberville tomorrow. I certainly, in fact, right here is the backpack I will be taking to Lumberville. I will put it in the now. backpack. Show me, show me you putting it in the backpack. No, wait. I, mean, I could yeah. try, but there's a okay. Put it. Oh, don't forget it. Yeah. It's on the backpack. How's that? That which will Perfect. mean I'll put it in the backpack after the show. As long as it ends up in the jeep in the morning. Yeah. Well, the backpack so will be goes, in the jeep. Otherwise, I can't do any work while we're in Lumberville. So it goes is, to Lumberville. You know. <laughs> So wait, is it is it cards against Star Wars or cads against Star Wars? What? Cards. Uh, I, I looked it up and I got if this. I found one that said cads. C a d s. It says cards it's on the box. It's the cards Galaxy against period. humanity themed Star Wars. Is there anything okay, else you I, need to know? <laughs> I I I was looking it up so I could see it, and and you know I found a different one. Sorry. Okay, I don't know what that other thing is, but. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we were talking about announcements, I think. Uh, the only other announcement I've got is that the announcements. The DEFCON 610 meetup is coming up next Wednesday. So that'll be, what, the 4th? Yeah. Uh, yes, May the, the 4th. 4th. May the 4th, be, but it's March the 4th. March the 4th, be, wait. <laughs> no, May the May the 4th, 2015 is when I sanded in my letter of resignation to, for Merck. Yeah, you, you've mentioned that before. I did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> on that day. So, uh, yeah. So, Mark, you don't come out to DEF CON 610 nearly often enough. You have to. I, I don't, and I'll tell you why. 
I'm going to tell you why. Wednesday night is an overloaded night for me. Most of the time I have a scout meeting. And on nights when I don't have a scout meeting, I sometimes have the New York Red Hat uh, users group. Yep. Yep. So it's totally overloaded anyway. That being said, I feel slightly guilty and will try to attend more often. My son actually is going to college in the fall. I'm still going to be an assistant scout master, but I won't feel morally obligated to go there to go to the meetings every because Wednesday your son night. won't be there, right? My son won't be there, um, and I and I don't think. I'm trying to think if there's an intersection of my scout buddies and people who listen to this podcast. I don't. It's a very tiny cross section, so I'm <laughs> so not too worried. About, you're worried about, about what you're going to say on the air. Is no, that what you're saying? but I'll be. Uh, I would be a lot more. Uh, once Josh is out, then I, I'll be a lot more open to the idea of doing other things on Wednesday nights. Don't forget, so. you you get out what you put in in Scouts. Uncle yeah, but Mark. I've been doing it for 10 years, Andy. 10 years! <laughs> and I've gotten a lot out. I, I, don't, I don't regret a year of it, but yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're right, though. You're right. Good, I, slept, uh... um, I slept in the woods last Friday night. Uh, I tried to w- sleep in my hammock in the Pocono Mountains, and it was 20 degrees. Uh-huh. Not zipper the zero degree bag up properly. So at 1:30 <laughs> in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to die. So my I got p- out of the hammock and then went to the cabin. My pinky is blue. <laughs> my pinky was, it was, but my the heat was all being sucked out of my abdomen and my face, and I'm like, ugh. And the hammock doesn't capture any heat. Forgot about that. It's not like a ten. So there was a cabin I could escape to. So at 1:30, I caved. Because so I figured the... I did, so I wouldn't literally die. You did not want to pull Leonardo DiCaprio and the Titanic. <laughs> I'll never let you go. Let's go immediately. <laughs> Nate, you may never get through this show. Listen, oh, this is this is completely normal for this show. Completely the, record, the, rec- the recording deck will eventually run out of memory. So. It's got a 16 gig card. That's going to take a long we time. We haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> they, I think when I was on, when we did Wizards and Peons, it was it was at least two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I dropped off after two hours on that show. Yeah. <laughs> like that's such a heavy. That's a heavy lift. It was. Andy's like, I can't believe this bullshit's still going on. Uh, <laughs> they're not done yet. What? The- they're not done. <laughs> two hours is my limit. I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That- Chuck, give me a shout out on Facebook if you're still listening. We're, we're bringing Cards Against Star Wars to Lumberville tomorrow if you can make it. You should totally come to Lumberville, Chuck, if you're still on the channel. So, um, reviews. We don't have any new reviews this uh, the, the past two weeks. That makes us sad. We want more reviews, folks. you got to tell us what we're doing right and wrong. If you keep uh, not telling us, we're just going to keep randomly making changes until we uh, totally ruin the show. So, you don't want that to happen, do you? So how can they give a review? Do they need to use a particular platform to do that? Uh, and whatever platform you're listening to this show on, you should be able to leave some manner of review, whether that's uh, leaving a comment on the live stream or if you're watching the live stream afterward, you can just leave a comment on YouTube. Um, you can Apple Podcasts is a pretty popular one. That's where I check most frequently for reviews. Uh, we've also got Stitcher and all the other places where you can uh, get podcasts from. Not all of them support commenting or uh, reviews, but uh, any of them that do, go ahead and leave a review. Uh, if you feel like you've left a review and we missed it, let me know. <laughs> because it's very possible that we missed it. So you can reach out to, to me on Twitter, or you can send an email to podcast at ironsysamin.com. We'll also accept smoke signals and uh, skywriting. Yeah, and uh, don't so, forget the uh, TCP over carrier pigeon. 
So Chuck says he's coming to Lumberville tomorrow and he's bringing cards against thrones, which I have to imagine is cards against humanity. Game of Thrones edition. Yeah, that's my guess. I'm, I drink and I know things. I'm it's almost I'm almost sad to say that I have not watched Game of Thrones. So Game of Thrones is amazing for seven seasons. And then <laughs> it's it a show- total letdown. <laughs> I've heard it shows I've you how heard. people worship the show for the better part of a decade. And then you can see how, like, talk about cancel culture. In a matter of just a handful of episodes, they crapped away all the goodwill. Well, I mean, I mean, it was it was you know seven seasons of George R. R. Martin, and then some dude in a closet. Yeah, they really. Uh... I mean, who remembers how Lost ended? Thank you. I remember people I, I were mad. I really didn't need to remember that. Like, I had blocked it out. Why is it bad? Why did you have I to wa- mention it? I, wa- I like, when I when Lost was first set, my sister gave me the DVD set for Lost. And this was when I still commuted from Tom's River to White House Station. I had to get up at 5.30 in the friggin' morning. Um, I'm there in my dining room, you know, uh, father of young kids. So it's late. I'm just feeding DVDs into my laptop, watching the next episode of Lost. I'm like, should I do one more? If I do one more, it'll be over at midnight, and I can still, I'll still wake up and be able to function. Yeah, I'm gonna do the one more. The answer is always yes. Yeah, yes, always watch the next one until it's I mean, five a.m. and you're like, wait, I didn't sleep. Yeah. So like, you know, like 15 years ago, Mark is would probably be so jealous of today, Mark, because literally all I have to do is roll out of bed and go downstairs. And yet I don't really have those moments anymore where I like push my luck and watch stuff. I, I literally sleep on the other side of that wall. So, I mean, I, I could I could just I could almost work from the bed. In fact, I could since they gave me a laptop to work on. So, yeah, I so, don't know. At any rate. That's our not reviews. That's our not review. So leave some reviews so that yeah, the Iron Sys admin doesn't go the game the way of Game of Thrones. That's yeah, right. exactly. That, that's we're that's still, that's how we tie still, that in. Okay, good. Thank we're you. We're still we're still in peak. Ga- we're still in peak Game of Thrones era. We're still like in the Red Wedding era. We're, right. we're doing good. Right. All right. So I'm almost hesitant to go into uh, any sort of chat tonight because I think we've done enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Usually this is the part of the show where the hosts talk about things they have going on, but I'm really hesitant tonight. <laughs> well, I totally think you should uh I think Jason should 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 say should say what say he's been up words. to because yeah. Andy yeah. and I and especially me, I've been hogging the mic, man. It looks like you've been working on that game cabinet you were talking about. So if you can talk yep. about that, then you should. <laughs> yeah, so uh I I I want a bar, bar top arcade, so I decided to build one. Um, so I worked, uh, one of my friends, uh, actually, uh, Jump Ship, you know him as well, mm-hmm. mate. Uh, I think I've met Jump me Ship. In. I met him at DEF CON, I think. DEF CON 610. Yep. If you want to meet yep. Jump Ship, so, he's so a gamer. He's, uh, he, <laughs> not he's his Christian a, name. <laughs> no, not his Christian name. <laughs> no, that's what he was named. It's on his birth certificate. <laughs> so so uh, uh, he... he uh, unbeknownst to me until I sort of off the cuff mentioned it, um, is a huge, uh, huge. Uh, guy who gets into all this. He knows all the different joystick yep. combinations and like all this stuff. He's built like a bunch of these retro slash arcade um, games are kind of his thing. And uh, uh, he saved me a bundle of money because I was just going to go to the places that I knew and get the, the kit and build it. And uh, he put it together, uh, helped me put together a kit that was probably 
don't know, a third of the price um, and probably way higher quality than what I was going to get. And I'm Sweet. doing the process of building it. So uh, it's a Raspberry Pi 4, um, which is actually newer than what the software um, is built for at the moment. Um, so I don't have access to everything, uh, but I figured I'd build for the future. Which um, uh, software package did you end up with? Uh, Laka is the only one that runs right now, um, but I want to look at Recallbox and RetroPie. Um, both of those are supposed to have Raspberry Pi 4 versions coming out. Now, Doesn't Retro already have, have a Pi 4? I thought they did. No, they, you okay. can, there are ways to make it work. So I started looking into this, and I'm confused. Yeah, I'm open pretty source. sure it's the... It's the same ARM64 processor in the retro in the Pi 3 and the Pi 4. So I'm a little not understanding why it wouldn't work in the Pi 4, but apparently it doesn't. Hmm. Well, because then um, I think you start getting into things like BIOS and yeah, other, firm, other firmware-y things. Yeah, it's, it's possible. And I'm gonna st- the... I could just start saying nerd terms and people yep. smile and wave. It's, it's all about the memory and the, the flippity bits. Smile and, and wave, boys. Yeah. Smile and wave. <laughs> um, so Laka works pretty well. I'm not thrilled with the interface. Uh, if you want to play games, you The can. quantum fluxer. Well, it's, it's, it's very much like the uh, PlayStation interface, but it doesn't just give you the games in, in a list to play. You have, there's like all sorts of menus and crap you have to go through. Hmm. Um, yeah. Part of it is probably that I need to learn how to use it a little better. Um, and I'm still waiting for a couple parts, but I've got these huge speakers in there. Be less bad. And, uh, uh, so it's all it's all ready to go. Uh, Cherry uh, MX switches, you know, so lots of clicking. Stellar. So what's um, your favorite retro arcade game? Uh, my go-to is Gauntlet. Oh, Gauntlet is a... I'm not surprised. Warrior <laughs> shot the food! Yes. <laughs> Stupid warrior! Wizard needs food badly. Actually, yeah. it was usually Wizard who shot the food. Wow. Yeah, because he's um, relying on that ranged attack. Yeah, so so I have I have. I was usually like, the Wizard too. Although I did like the Valkyrie. Yes. With her yeah, ample so, chest armor. A, <laughs> a ton of a ton of um, ROMs fell out of the sky on, onto oh. this little USB stick. I don't know where they came from. It's weird. That happens. Um, it, it, yeah, it's uh, when the humidity gets to a certain level, it starts raining ROMs. It's like men, but less destructive. <laughs> it's Actually, raining I know ROMs. Archive, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> a mutual friend of ours, uh, mate of mine, uh, Jason Scott, works for archive.org. Yes. And has, has helped pioneer this, uh, this web arcade system mm-hmm. where you can play all these games. And a not all of them, but a large number of ROMs are available on archive.org. We got to so help him. Uh, we got to play test. Remember that? We got to play test that sitting in a suite yes. at the Hyatt Regency at DerbyCon, what, yep. four or five? Like, yes. Totally drunk on mead. I think it was, it was, That's it such was a in, nerd thing to get drunk on. It like, was at least a year before they released it. Mead is evil. I do not. Mead does not get along with me, or I don't get along yeah. with mead. It, it yeah. never ended. I used to bring beer to MeadCon because I was sick of getting sick on mead. <laughs> we shan't. We shan't talk. We shan't talk about that. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's that's been my big project. My my second project is to. To try to figure out how to use CoreOS since Red Hat killed Atomic. Uh, but Fedora Sorry? should have. <laughs> well, Fedora has a Fedora-based 
Koro had yes. like yeah, yeah. Atomic yeah. thing. And well and, it's it's Koro S now. They killed off Atomic yeah, after yeah. it finally well, got running right. and installed. That's why we bought Core OS, yeah. the well, company. I liked Atomic. Atomic well, was great. We love that you liked Atomic, but you know. I know, get with the times. I get it. Ah man. You can still no one's making you not use Atomic. Upgrade not, or we're die. Not, we're not gonna come the, to your house and delete it. The the lack of updates is going to make me not use uh, not use core. Oh, okay. Or not use, not use atomic. I, I'm gonna have to move. Um, yeah, you're not. I can get you're, you're not wrong. Ah, oh, I should. Okay, I should browse here. Vintage. Ooh. Yeah. We, see, I just distracted him. He's done. Yeah. He did. Well, <laughs> I mean, the only, if, it's the only way to shut me if up. If he's distracted, we can move on with the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, our, <laughs> you can find anything on archive. Yeah. I always love I always love finding the old Apple II games that sucked up a lot of my life. They're, Man, they're, we when I was not still only can you find them now, they will emulate in your browser and you can play them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was right still when I was still at that little web host I used to work at, um, we had a couple FreeBSD 4.2 machines or 4.8 machines. I don't remember anymore. I hated these things, and you couldn't update them because they were too old. Because, like, even FreeBSD did not release the ISOs for 4 anymore. They were at, like, 6 or 7 or whatever, right? And we had an issue where, like, one of them got compromised, I think. And the when they compromised it, they just, like... It was one of these cases where they got in and then they just, like, wreaked havoc. They didn't, they didn't make it do anything weird. They just wanted to break stuff, right? So they, like, deleted a bunch of libraries, a bunch of other crap. And I couldn't upgrade the machine. I couldn't move it to another machine because I didn't have anything to move it to. I just had to fix it, right? And archive.org had FreeBSD4 ISOs yep. archived. So I could go download them, get the crap I needed to fix the thing, and then get it to get it back into operation. Freaking Jason Scott saved me. <laughs> nice. Long before I knew it was Jason Scott because I hadn't met him at the time. That was long before uh, I ever met him at DerbyCon. He's such a, such a cool guy. Such yeah, a cool if he, guy. If it, his a bunch of his talks are online um, on YouTube and other places, definitely worth looking into. The, his talks are absolutely amazing, and his documentaries are pretty good too. Yes, free yeah, free range really archivist. Is that what he calls himself? Yeah, free range archivist. Yep, that's hmm. that's his official title at archive.org. Yeah, pretty cool guy. Just <laughs> the times we sat around at DerbyCon and just let him tell stories. <laughs> yeah, some of the yeah, weirdest stories, crap stories that cannot be retold that here. man has seen <laughs> some stuff <laughs> anyway we may as well move on into the news and get this show moving what do you think uh sounds like fun yeah we're at we're at an hour and a half already so maybe we'll break the two hour mark unless we rush so i'm gonna hit the purple button again So our first news article is from NPR, believe it or not. Um, we I don't think we've ever covered an NPR article on the show before. Just But th this one is perfect because you may remember about 40 episodes ago, I think it was episode 35, uh, the same episode where I talked about how I destroyed my employer's rev manager with an errant DD command. <sighs> I still have scars from that. Much like the Satellite 6 scar on my wrist. Much like this. Uh, this was so much worse than Satellite 6. 
<laughs> anyway, um, someday I'll tell you about Rev 3.0 as well. Anyway, um, so there's this guy, or unfortunately, there was this guy. We talked about him on the oh, show no. on that episode. Spoiler! He, uh, he built himself a steam-powered rocket because he's one of these flat earthers, and he wanted to fly into space or close to space so that he could see for himself the curvature of the Earth, or the not curvature of the Earth, which I think is what he suspected he would find when he got there. And uh, the story we covered way back then was that he had hit, I don't know, 1875 feet or something, and that was his new record or whatever, and he got some news coverage for it. Uh, He has, unfortunately, as you may have expected, could have been the eventual outcome of his antics, being, you know, building himself a rocket, he's died. Uh, he had a, a crash in his, his most recent rocket, which he was trying to get up to 5,000 feet, I think, the, the article said his, his goal yeah. was. Um, pretty neat-looking yeah, rocket if you look at the pictures, but... Uh, steam-powered steam rocket, Steam-powered rocket. Yeah, his, the first one was steam-powered, or the last one, I should say. I guess he's done this three times now, um, and, well, three times Third in time all. charm. Third time's a charm, right? Third time finally got him. I think we we probably talked about how this is eventually going to kill him the last time we talked about it, and yeah. sure enough, it has. So, pretty, pretty sure there's a bury the lead joke in there somewhere. Bury the lead, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, he uh, he attempted to uh, to fly his new rocket, and I guess this the the article says that. So you can see in the picture, there's this ladder that helps him get into the thing, right? And for whatever reason, the ladder doesn't get removed when he takes off. At least that's what I'm guessing, because they say that the the rocket contacted the ladder while it was taking off, right? Mm. And that apparently damaged or triggered one of the parachutes that were meant to help him safely fall back to the Earth. And it deployed as he was heading up into the sky. And that, of course, sent things all awry at that point. And then he had no more parachute to fall back to the Earth safely with. And the thing just nosedived into the ground. And unfortunately, he's perished. Um, there's no video, even though that might have been, I don't want to see the man die, but it would have been interesting to see the flight. Uh, there well, is a picture. Pull the old, you can pull the old clip from the beginning of the $6 million man. Yeah, right. I'll bring it up, I'll bring it up. <laughs> and then it, you know, just right. like rolling crash across the desert. So, uh, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to make fun of someone who's, who's passed, but, um, I mean, you got to expect that this is eventually where the guy was going to end up, right? You're making a oh, rocket. Trying to fly it in the desert. Either uh, you're either dead or you're the six million dollar man. And I'm guessing Oscar Goldman did not run out there to 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 grab him. Yeah. No, so no. Dar- Darwin Award winner. Darwin Award winner. Right. If you're going to build your own rocket, you may die, and he did. Um, so, you know, I saw a YouTube video not that long ago that you can watch. I was watching it because I could watch it in VR on my Vive, where these folk had essentially a weather balloon, a drone, or whatever, which you got to track it all the way up and see its view through its GoPro and it takes it to the edge of space before it fails and you can see the curvature of the earth. So, you know, there, there are ways to find yeah. that out without, no, that's, without, uh, see, listen, that's obviously the, the front of the camera is curved and that's see the, the way the, the white rays yeah. and, and then with, Oh, the, it's, okay. It's well, see the, to stop your eyes from doing the, that. The government <laughs> wants you to believe that the world is round. So every product ever made, including the windows in airplanes force a curved perspective on everything. And that's why the earth looks curved when you're in an airplane. Seriously. If, I mean, if you've got, 
if you've got time, go down this <laughs> rabbit hole and just start reading. The the these people are like you read some of this stuff and they're absolutely mind-blowingly brilliant in the wrong direction. Yeah, right. They're some like... of the some of the, cons- the between the conspiracy theories and the unprovable mathematical science that they've got written out on why the Earth is flat, and you know, the, the 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 flat Earth is surrounded by these large walls of ice, and that's what keeps the oxygen in. Like it's insane, absolutely insane. I had heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, because unfortunately I did read it on the internet, that that whole flat Earth thing was started as an exercise for people to argue ridiculous positions. Unfortunately, and they convinced like- themselves. And much like Scientology was essentially L. Ron Hubbard, you know, creating a religion based on a bar bat. And in both cases, you had too many people take it actually seriously. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, that you hear some of this stuff and you don't know whether it's true or not. So uh, yeah, a bar bet with a bunch of drunk people. I can't well, possibly imagine like that. that going I th- wrong. I think the U.S. Marines was also formed on a bar bet, though. So you know, but they're awesome. <laughs> they are right. So not everything bad comes out of a bar. No, there are many good. Th- <laughs> there are many good things that come out of bars. But in this case, Scientology as well as the Flat Earth Society, right. which we're now attributing to to a bar, which it might not have been, but we're just going to go with it. Yeah, we're just going to go we're with it. We're just going to go with it. Don't forget Hollow Earth and the Lizard Men. <laughs> and, and you know, Han, you know, Luke and Ben met Han and Chewie in a bar, so that that was pretty important. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I have... right. And Han shot first. <laughs> Greedo never fired. Is what actually happened. Greedo never fired a shot. I saw it in '77. Greedo really? never Greedo shot. Greedo was on fire. Greedo never fired. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Because Han Solo is a scoundrel. They wrecked his and character. Andy by is making... just shaking her head, saying, "Oh, a bunch of nerds. no." Andy, she's no, like, "Why?" No, I love Star Wars and Star Trek. I love. She's heard my Han. Yes. She's heard my Greedo never fired a shot rant before. Old man yells at Cloud. Film at eleven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would not believe the amount of times that Star Wars and Star Trek are discussed in our Slack channel. Yeah, I think he would. Yep. I think he suspects. So, uh, speaking of things that polarize people, um, CNN, hard, gee, damn it. CNN Business has a, an article about and this. I I had to. This is not necessarily technology related at all, um, but I had to include it. It's but absolutely it is. technology related. It's yeah, but format. The, all right. So, um, you've heard the argument of GIF versus GIF. Yeah, everybody has heard the peanut butter. Everybody has heard the argument, right? How do you pronounce this? Is it with a hard G or a soft G? And everybody says, "Oh, well, GIF, the peanut butter is spelled with a J, therefore GIF with a G is should be pronounced GIF like gift." Right. And then, of course, there's arguments that go back and forth. And didn't the creator of the format come out and say that it's actually pronounced GIF? And everyone said, "Nope, you're wrong." <laughs> I think so. I think I remember that. Yeah. I think it's in the article here. So, Jif, yeah. the peanut butter company, is working with Giffy, the you know the place that you can find all of your funny animated gifs to put and in. And you'll know how you pronounce Giffy, by the way. You don't pronounce it Jiffy. Even though it's spelled like you should pronounce it Jiffy, which they must have done that on purpose. <laughs> 
So anyway, I'm just going to be the smart ass who points that out. Yeah, right. So this article, this article is. Really I'm Team funny. GIF myself, but right. Yeah. Yes, uh, agreed. Well, that's that's old the man yells thing. at cloud. So anyway, so, the, the so, point I'm trying before you you go into the rant, I just want to say that. Oh, I'm not going to rant. GIF, well, no, Jason's about I'm okay to. Okay, that you're wrong. Oh, GIF, okay. the peanut butter is about to release a special edition jar of peanut butter with GIF, <laughs> spell the G-I-F. And it says hard G versus soft G on the the lo- the labels for the uh, the peanut butter. So okay, now you're free to rant, Jason. No, I was, <laughs> I mean that's exactly what I was going to. Is that on on the peanut butter jar it says you know GIF hard G and GIF soft G, right? And and with the correct pronunciations. Yeah. And the article it says GIF is partnering with Giphy, a GIF search engine, to put a lid on this decade-long debate. Both GIF and the peanut butter are pronounced GIF. So yeah, I I found what? that kind of confusing too. I thought I misread it. <laughs> I I don't know, but I'm buying. They have a link to buy it, and I'm about just bought one. So. It's <laughs> of course oh, you I did. Can't. It's unavailable. It's going to be on those shelves in a month or two, right? <laughs> Ah, uh, it's sold out already. That sucks. I, I'm going to I'm going to get me one of them though. Yeah. So the the thing I'm missing here is uh, like I thought that I thought that hard G was pronounced G or no J, but I, apparently I'm wrong. I don't remember from <laughs> my old. I don't think the phonics classes settled at all. Yeah, I think it's really just fueling the fire. <laughs> you actually have them both in your in your handle, right? Gang Griff. I do. Yeah. I do. See, I, I there's my there's my contribution to this discussion, right? Yeah. And Jan, it's Jandriff. Get it right. <laughs> it's Jandriff. 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 Yeah, uh, so anyway. <laughs> it's all right. So if I you really, uh, if you want to try go ahead. No, I have limited use cases for peanut butter. I like them in I like it in peanut butter cups and I like it in that peanut butter bacon burger at the uh at that at two rivers. Oh, at two rivers. Oh, that is so good. It's so good. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, it's amazing. Hmm. Oh, Jim uh Jim agrees. You mean he's... Gim? <laughs> Gim. <laughs> This is going nowhere fast. <laughs> but it's uh, the best place to go. So anyway, you can read the article and try to uh, judge whether we've uh, uh, interpreted Jason it properly or not. Oh, Jason no, did he drop? Oh. He, he went to buy some. This this happened last show, too. He'll be back in a minute. And then he'll curse at his ISP. No doubt. <laughs> Which he and I used to both work at, so he has the right to curse at them. So, so do we have time for more news? Yeah, we do. No, he'll be back. He'll be back. Okay. <laughs> However, the next article is uh, is one that I think he added. So we should. Oh, hey, he's waving in the green. Yeah, hey, he's oh, back. What did you do? Did you close Every the wrong browser time. window again? No, no. I, I I was clicking back and forth between live comments and private chat, and apparently it decided I'm going to close now. <laughs> you had the, the nerve was open. Yeah. yeah, the nerve to use the interface as intended. Yeah, yeah. maybe I should yeah. make. Maybe I should not look at private chat then, because it might kill the whole stream. That'd I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're not. You're not allowed thing. to look at private chat. Yeah, only um, you guys did are. I, put a, I did put an article in here. You did. You did. That's what yeah. I was just saying when you were not here. Yes. 
Um, yes. No, I heard that part because I was sitting in the background waving my hands going, are you going to let me back in or just talk about me not being there? Sorry, <laughs> I was looking at your article when you joined back in, so I didn't see. <laughs> uh, uh, I see. So anyway, oh. uh, off you go. Talk about uh, the Forbes article you've added to the show notes. First of all, I want to alleviate all fears. The photos are okay. So nobody got to the photos. Right. Clearview AI, apparently some sort of a, a company that believes that AI is a great marketing term, um, who... Like everybody. Who doesn't? Uses, if I understand what they're doing, they're basically a facial recognition pro, uh, company um, who is using all your data, by the way, because they scraped all these images from the internet. Good job, people. Um, you put it on breached. the internet. Obviously, you wanted people to yeah. scrape it. Yeah. So so they got breached. Um, but nothing breach, important breach. like the photos... Nothing important like the photos was touched. They only got to the entire customer list. Yeah. <laughs> including all the law enforcement agencies. Yeah, so the pictures so, of everybody's faces, that's that's safe. Yeah, so so <laughs> all they got was the customer lists and how many accounts they'd set up and the number of searches they had, but nothing really important like the, the photos. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. But, but... Data breaches are a part of life in the 21st century. They're, yeah, they're, and, and I thought that was them, hilarious that they added that. Unfortunately, right. data breaches are a part of life in the 21st century. <laughs> our, our servers, servers, our servers were, were never, never accessed. accessed. We patched the flaw and continue to work to strengthen our security. Wait, so how did they get the data if your servers were never accessed? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, well, it's, a, it's this new, it's called a quantum hack. It's a quantum hack. You think about the hack and it just happens? Is that it? Yeah, so it's quantum are entanglement. They, where are they, they trying they, to, like, Jedi mind trick us? The yeah, the servers the were never accessed, guys. It's fine. Uh, yeah, yep. So, yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, in other news, apparently lots of places are stopping, stopping use of Clearview AI anyway. So... I don't think that matters. Let's, let's, They've already got the data. Play, <laughs> let's play the conspiracy theory game. Clearview AI is losing customers, and suddenly they get hacked, and they're all over the news. Hmm. Yeah, no such thing as bad press. I feel like this is bad, bad I press, think this, though. I think this is bad press. Yeah, I don't think is... anybody will say, oh, let me go do business with this yeah, company. Do... Yeah. But the, mean, it's okay, Mark. Their servers weren't accessed. I mean, well, you know, look at, you know, look at places. Maybe there's, maybe, there's, maybe there's CXOs who are stupid enough to believe that. I don't know. I would hope look not. At, look at places like Target that got breached. I mean, their, their stock price is tanked, right? Oh, yeah. wait. They're totally closing they're up left and right, aren't whatever. they? I think there's a little difference there, though. Target <laughs> is about selling things to Karen and her offspring. Clearview is a technology company. I know, I know. I'm, I, 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 yes, I'm aware. We don't have a good opinion of Karen. Poor Karen. Poor Karen. Yeah. Trying to think well, if I know anyone named Karen that Karen? I'm just. If she'd, if she'd stop trying Karen to, on to join her MLM, <laughs> then, then we might like her better. That's right. I forgot, Jason. You don't participate in the face. Um, Karen is a generalized term used for, you know, the anti-vaxxer on, on Facebook. You know, the, She also has a really obnoxious haircut and right, demands to right. manage it's just, the smallest of incidences. The, the, the busybody mom of the past is now named Karen. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, my aunt is thrilled. 
<laughs> well, you have an aunt, aunt Karen? Karen? Might be perfectly <laughs> yeah. delightful. <laughs> she Does she fine. try to pawn essential oils and alienate friends and family? Convince uh, you to not get vaccinated? No. Well, then she's fine. The anti-vax <laughs> thing, maybe, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, folks, you now, you now know Enough one more. Let's talk about Android. You now know one more piece of information about Jason. He's got an aunt named Karen. I do. <laughs> breach! Breach! <If> breach! <laughs> putting all Social this engineering! So Social so engineering! Now we can, now we can yeah. answer his security questions. Yes. <laughs> Favorite aunt. <laughs> Karen's not working. Why is it? She's my favorite. And then well, see, she spells her name a little bit differently. It's an assortment of sixty-four random characters. Oh, okay. It's that <laughs> Karen. Wow. It's, it's, and it's alphanumeric. Karen. It's With alphanumeric, symbols. and so symbols too. There you go. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's little K ampersand three. Uh, Big R, three, and I don't know. <laughs> and then, then like 59 other characters. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then an N at the end. Right. All right. So what's going on with Android? The phone I don't, I don't use know. at this point. Android sucks. Android, I know you don't like Android, uh, but I, I included it because we've talked about it plenty in the past. And we also talk about iPhone updates. And it's got I bubbles now. It's got bubbles now. Again, and this, this bothers me, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, so uh, this article is from Tech Republic, and apparently, we'll, we'll we'll get there. Uh, apparently, Android 11 is in the works. Um, it's out. I think they said in beta release. I'm trying to find uh, the right develop, developer preview. Only. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend going to download it and use it because you'll probably be very disappointed with the uh, the usability because the yeah, the, the developer releases of Android are never good. <laughs> especially on my iPhone XR. Uh, especially on your iPhone XR. Um, so uh, the big thing that I want to pull out of this as one of the features that I think should die in a fire <laughs> is chat head bubbles. Or a, rock, or a homemade rocket. Or a homemade rocket. <laughs> Too soon? So, so who has used Facebook Messenger? I know, Jason, you haven't. I, I have. Okay, so when you install Facebook Messenger and you don't change any of the settings, you just log in and start using it, it has this annoying feature called chat bubbles that, you know, like when you receive a message or something and you're on your home screen, uh, a little bubble shows up on your home screen that you can get back to the chat quickly. It's in the way and it's, an, it's so annoying. I hate it. I don't remember that ever happening. So uh, It'll do that on an iPhone? I think so. Maybe it's just an Android thing. Maybe it's just an yeah. Android thing then. Maybe that's yeah. maybe it's 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 just an annoyance I have on Android. But the the problem is they're building that functionality into the Android operating system. So any old application can now clutter my home screen with chat bubbles. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I may I may lose it. Um oh and uh, apparently you can schedule your dark mode for when it's dark outside. That's the other neat thing there. These are these are like the, the two big things. Oh, screen recording, uh, motion sense gesture, which is part of the radar or whatever they've built into the new pixels, um, and one-time permission settings, which is actually kind of cool. So like, yes, you can use my camera right now, Facebook, but you can't use it ever again unless you ask me. It's actually kind of a nice feature. Does iPhone do that? I can't remember. Does iPhone let you grant uh, permission on a, on a single use? Uh, it, it, not, 
not quite like that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's permissions that will only you can permit you can you can give permission for something to happen only when the app is open. Yeah, as opposed to Android. All the time. Android does that too. Yeah. But yeah, this will be like yes, this time you can do it because I really want to do this thing. Instagram, who wants to use my camera? But I don't want yeah, you to but, be able to use it carte blanche. Yeah, but that just means that every time you open that app, it's going to pop up and ask you again. Yeah, well, if it's a thing that demands use of your camera, yes. But um, yeah. I don't know how, how Apple does this, but with, with Android, if I tell it no, not yes this time, if I just tell it no, it'll never ask me again, and it just won't ever give it permission to the camera. Or no, if you, try to, if you try to do something that... It depends on the app, but a lot yeah. of them... For the most, if you try to part, do something that requires the camera, it, then it'll be like, yeah. oh, but you need to give me access to your camera, otherwise you can't use this feature, and that's right. fine because I told it yep. no. So, right. Right. but anyway, Android 11 is coming, folks. Um, most of you probably don't have Android 10 yet, though, <laughs> because that's the way that's the fractured nature of the Android market, um, unless you have a Pixel device. Not only so a Pixel you, device, but a new Pixel device. <laughs> so what are you running, Nate? Currently, I have a Pixel 4. Okay. And I bought the, the ginormo phone version of the Pixel 4 this time because I thought I'd give the phablet market a try. No, I thought you, I thought you used Crapple. I guess I was wrong. I, I had an iPhone for a little over a year, but I've been a very long-time Android user, and I had just gotten frustrated with... Uh, in fact, it's still sitting here on my desk because I use it to listen to podcasts while I walk because it still has a headphone jack. <laughs> I got frustrated with my Pixel, my original Pixel, and I decided to give iPhone a try. But anyway. My iPhone works great. I don't have any problems with it. My headphone, I haven't missed the headphone jack since it left. The only time I, just, I miss it is when I want to listen to something on a walk because I don't own any Bluetooth headphones. You don't need well, Bluetooth. You can use the that. headphones that have the that, that have the special crap all thing. This works in the 10R. Right here. Yes. Yes. Right there. When when I had my iPhone, I could do that. That What's is definitely a thing. What I don't have Prime is one of those. Volume. What I don't have is one of those for the Pixel Four, which uses well, USB-C. So there's this magical thing called Amazon where you could order something. <laughs> You're right. You are we, correct. I think we we pay you at least five cents an hour, so you should be able to afford it. <laughs> wow. Did you get a raise? So I, I didn't say that there was no such thing as All headphones right. for my Pixel 4. What I said was I don't currently own any. Well, I think it's an easily solvable problem. So it is an I'm, easily solvable problem. But well, I so I'm basically just saying you're, you. you're being lazy it about it. I haven't done it well, yet. Is what it comes down to. We'll we'll set up a Patreon level. So yeah, you know, get get Nate some headphones. Get Nate some headphones. <laughs> Don't fund me. Huh. <laughs> uh, so we got two more articles to get through. You think we can manage this? We, no, we, we can get. We got twelve minutes before we hit the two-hour mark. <laughs> Oh, that's right. We record. We started recording earlier than we went live. So you live folks haven't been around for the full two hours. You missed the good ten minutes at the beginning. So what's going on with Dropbox? Dropbox. So I actually didn't know this. Maybe you guys had heard. But back in 2015, which was apparently right around the time when Amazon was like, you will never have to move off of Amazon because we essentially have, or AWS, because we essentially have unlimited or limitless 
infinitely expandable resources. Uh, Dropbox said, yep, see ya, and they started moving back in-house. Where, Well, I shouldn't say back in-house, because they were born on, on AWS, and they decided to move in-house, uh, which is a thing I didn't know about. Did, had you guys heard this? 2015 mm-hmm. this happened. No. no. Apparently I'm not the only one that missed the news then. Uh, so this article... While the it's it's from uh, Data Center Knowledge, by the way, which I forgot to mention, uh, it says Dropbox Dropbox's reverse migration from cloud to own data centers five years on. Um, it I I read through this looking for like the golden nugget that says this is why everybody should be moving to their own data center, and it's not there. Like I didn't find anything in here that's like some silver bullet that says you totally shouldn't be on AWS or you shouldn't be in the cloud. It's really a story of how basically Dropbox has built a private cloud um, to run their own custom software because they couldn't not, find they couldn't find software so, that would do it for them that was already so produced. Since, since we're off the clock, can can we can we just not call it a private cloud? It's their friggin' data center. Yes, it's their data center. But it's not everything's a cloud. So here's the thing: it's not my, this, my lab and my laptop and all this stuff. My get my game rig. This is not Mark's private cloud. No, these however, are my boxes. However, the old guy is yelling about clouds again. He's yelling at yeah. clouds. Old <laughs> man yells at clouds. Film eleven. Here's the thing, though, right? So a data center, in my mind, a data center is like a thing in a specific place, right? So like and I Jim have is talking on chat. Too. Yeah, I see. So it's like I have a data center somewhere. Right. What Dropbox has, and this is why I'm referring to it as private cloud instead of just a data center, is they have data centers all over the country that are like expandable, contractable. The data is everywhere or maybe not everywhere, but the data is okay. several places. Right. So it's, it's more it's like a, a wide, it's a wide area network. It's OK. In in 1990s terms, it would be a WAN. <laughs> it's an intercloud. It's an intercloud. Just stop um, using the word cloud for everything. That just gets gets. Well, no. So this, I think, in this circumstance, it fits. I would not call the couple servers I have down in the basement my private cloud. Uh, and I'm glad you won't. Maybe if they were running OpenStack, I might. Oh, shut up! <laughs> it's, a, it's a microservices center. It's a microservices center. Uh, um, so anyway, I I think this fits the definition of a private cloud because it is see, very cloud-like. And it's private. I'm off the Red Hat clock, so I don't have to call everything the hybrid cloud. It's not a hybrid right cloud. Now. It's a private cloud. It's not hybrid cloud. anymore. They own it all themselves. Yeah. That's probably why they raise their prices. Maybe. Ooh, bazinga. Could I be. I mean, I, I just kind of got rid of them because they're just costing way too much. It's better Did I ever pay for Dropbox? Do they still Do they have a free tier? They I do. They, they do. do. It's like a gig yeah. or two, though. Yeah, it's not very much. Yeah. Uh, it's like I this. Just, this USB stick right here holds more than a free tier on <laughs> on Dropbox can hold. This tiny SD card holds more than <laughs> anyway. So so they moved uh, a measly six hundred petabytes. Yeah, so that's like nothing. That's I kind of figured they'd have more data than that. This uh, USB stick does not hold six hundred petabytes. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> not yeah. yet. Not you yet. Put, you can put some together into an open hybrid cloud in your basement. Though. There we go. If I had several sort of, uh, I don't know, elastic uh, compute you get, USB sticks you get those, there. You get those USB uh, hubs that have like all the different slots. Yeah. You plug all the USB sticks into it and, and then, then raid you, them. You, rate it, you can raid it together. 
That'd be awesome. And then put that like, works, by the way, and if like, you need it to be, if you need multiple data centers for it to be a cloud, you can just kick Harper out of her room and just set up the storage in there. Yeah, then I'll have two data centers in my house. Then it'll be a yeah. private cloud. Your wife might make your, your wife might be furious at you. But yeah. Why are the children sleeping on top on top of a disc array? <laughs> <laughs> because it, it keeps them warm. warm. It keeps them warm. <laughs> They like the humming sound. It helps. Yeah. It lulls them to sleep. It's it's like it's like one of those massage beds. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know that there's really a whole lot to be learned here. Uh, Dropbox is a very specific use case, and they did it for very specific reasons. Um, it's not it's not the uh, oh my god AWS is evil story that I was really deep down hoping that it was going to be. Well. <laughs> But anyway, it's in the show notes. You can go read it if you want to. Tell me if you think I was wrong. All right. So let's talk about an evil company. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Microsoft. Right. So our last uh, article for the night is from Business Insider, right? Yeah, Business Insider. Uh, former Microsoft engineer stole more than $10 million from the company and used it to buy a $1.6 million lakefront home. $10 million. And a Tesla. Wow. <laughs> so he bought the house and the car. <laughs> so I want to know what he, he did stole, with the rest of it. He stole what they call currency stored value. Yeah. Online gift cards. Yeah. He stole $10 million of online gift cards and resold them online. You're going down the same thought path I did. How the hell did he get away with this until he got to $10 million? Forget <laughs> how did he get away with it. Like, how mind-numbingly boring is it to steal 10 million dollars in digital currency because here's your 25 dollar gift card like all here's I'm your 30 dollar like gift the, card but how many how much have i earned oh i've earned 70 dollars go above like 100 bucks a pop right Man, he, he was he was getting the big ticket 250 dollar gift cards <laughs> to make it worth his time how long did it take did it say it says he did it over the course of two years was it two years, or was it like 2015 to 18, or 2016 to 18? Is he an automation engineer? Because it sounds like he automated it. Oh, he must have, right? Somewhere in here it says when he was employed. So we're saying he used Ansible to pull it off? Totally, it's all Ansible. <laughs> he used Ansible to steal from Microsoft. No, That's the story we want to... use Ansible. It's Microsoft. He used PowerShell. <laughs> <laughs> Through Ansible. <laughs> Yeah, but Microsoft so he, uses a, Microsoft uses a huge amount of Ansible now. Yeah, but he resold the they currency Linux. in exchange for Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm trying and I to. I wonder. I well, wonder if. I wonder when he cashed out because end of 2017 is when Bitcoin hit 20k. I was there for that. Um, so I'm wondering if if I wonder how much he uh, how much he made. Right. You know, so so was it not? Bitcoin was only like 500 bucks a pop. So maybe it was not that he made 10 million from selling gift cards. It was that he made what? Less. 20 20% 20 of bucks. 10 million <laughs> on gift cards and then the the price of Bitcoin skyrocketed and he was able to get out. Yep. And then he was he was arrested and charged with mail fraud in July. Yeah, so so he would have gotten away with all of this, except he did. The, if it weren't the, for those meddling the, kids. No, he did the classic thing that that criminals do. They they screw up because they started they a land war in Asia. They <laughs> screw with the post office, or they mm -hmm. screw with the IRS, and they yeah. get caught. So, 
Either yeah, way, so he, he he lied on his taxes, uh, which you would if you're making ten million dollars illegally. The government might notice that, point, that. You should be out of the country, dummy. Yeah, yeah. right. But then and he couldn't have his lakefront. He couldn't have his <laughs> lakefront uh, property in like Florida or wherever it was they said it was. Yeah, he could have had a lakefront property and, on his own know, freaking in, island in the Seychelles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, now he gets to go to prison for twenty years. Yep. I'm sure it won't be nearly as enjoyable as his Tesla and the $1.6 million property that he illegally purchased. Yeah, I guess he right. legally purchased years, it just with illegal money. In 20 years, when yeah, he gets he's out, not gonna get to maybe he'll it. still have something. <laughs> you think? Let's see. Bitcoin is dropping like a rock. Yay. Hello and welcome to last so week. Maybe he won't have any money. Uh, last week it was over 10K and now it's down to 8,800. Oh. So, coronavirus. Must be coronavirus. Is no, there it actually, it actually, it is. It's killing the Dow. It's killing the, the stock market. Dow, it's killing yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. The it's it's only the beginning. The, it's going to kill a lot of stuff. Dow Jones, Dow Jones had the biggest loss in history today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ouch. if you think about how much is manufactured in China, I mean, I was watching the French news because I do that. And like, like more than sixty percent of their pharmaceuticals are manufactured in China, so they were t they were interviewing with some of the pharmaceutical companies about you know their backup plan and how it's going to increase the cost, obviously. But you think about makeup, glasses, every everything you wear on your body, all the tech, all manufactured in China, it's just going to continue to be a problem. So the the largest, uh, pretty much the number one exporter of. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. It has something to do with with um, uh, viruses and, and and cures and everything else. But the biggest the biggest maker of that product is in Wuhan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've been shut down for a while. You say Wuhan's yeah. like shut down, isn't it? Isn't that the... Yeah, that's, yeah. That, was, yeah. That, that was the that was where the biggest cluster started. Yeah. Yeah. Started the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I was listening to. Um, uh, Tech Meme Ride Home, which is a really awesome podcast if you don't listen to it. Um, and he was talking about um, all this with the Dow Jones falling and, and all the stocks crashing at the moment is all based on the fact that all of the different um, all these different tech companies and, and manufacturers and everything are they're dropping all of their, their revenue, you know, their revenue predictions because right. oh, all the factories are shut down. Right. And the one thing he mentioned is, you know, nobody has even looked at the other side of this even when the manufacturing comes back up, we may not have buyers for all this stuff. So the, that, the, you know, because there's, there's not enough, there's, there's not enough supply to meet, you know, whatever demand, there's not going to be as much sales going on after the fact. So, right. Right. so, you know, the, it may get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I believe that. That's a cheerful note to end the show with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, well, all right. I'll, I'll cheer it up. The end is near. Um, fear not. <laughs> Mike Pence has your back. That's oh, right. Good. COVID nineteen czar. Is that really what they called him? Uh, no, they just called him the czar of something. I can't remember what it oh, was, but okay. he's oh, okay. the the czar. Yeah. At least that's it's, what CNN labeled him. It works him. in really well with the whole Russia thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah but they they've started, they did that. They've done the yeah, czar thing they've, for twenty years. Now. I know, but it just really it fits so much better now. They've had the czar <laughs> thing. I always thought it was a weird name to be using to to call somebody in the yes. government in the U.S. Government. a czar. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why yeah. are you calling yeah. him that? Yeah. 
Yeah, didn't Obama have a technology czar and because white guy so in charge Bush. doesn't work as well? <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, old old white, old guy, white guy making decisions and stuff they don't understand. Czar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we've covered the news. We've covered the accelerators. We've covered uh, Jason's bar top uh, uh, gaming system. I think Mark sang we, to us. We just more than once. We just hit two hours on the on the recording. I think we've had a successful show at this point. <laughs> I know we will, I had. We fun. will be live yeah. for two hours in just under five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So it might take me five minutes to get through the usual outro. <laughs> so all right, any, folks. Any any parting words of wisdom from the Red Hat accelerators? Well, we can. Yeah. Okay. All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. <laughs> nah, that's it. Uncle Mark's got it. Uncle Mark's got it. So, uh, thank you for tuning in for the show tonight, folks. If you tuned in live, thank you for watching live. Uh, if you want to watch us live, since I'm talking about live, you can find us roughly the second and fourth Thursday of every month uh, on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash podcast and subscribe and turn on the notifications and it'll let you know when we go live because we never seem to do it on time and you'll probably <laughs> want a little ping that tells you that. Otherwise, you know, you might miss it. Uh, I'm going to skip the thing about Slack because I still haven't fixed that join link, but we have a Slack workspace and if you want to join, I guess email us so I can add you. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on the social medias, uh, facebook.com slash ironsysadmin and twitter.com slash ironsysadmin. And if you like the show, uh, please feel free to uh, contribute via Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin. And of course, since we are a podcast, you can subscribe to us on the usual places that you would find podcasts if you'd like to listen to us audio only in the recorded format, old school. And with that, I think we're going to call it a night. So, good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Anybody have some final words before I push the red button? Uh, push the purple one. But the purple one doesn't play the outro music. No. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Omar. Oh, great. Now we're going to get sued by Now I got sued by <laughs> All right, uh, folks. Uh, oh. Have a good one, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having us. Bye.